0: How do people find hope in the face of terminal illness? In today's story, the legacy of a woman's battle with cancer brings light into the journey of cancer thrivers. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week, I bring you stories that inspire, educate, and give you hope. I want to thank my sponsor and podcast producer, the Motivated Mind Group. Many people are faced with a terminal cancer diagnosis. Surviving the disease is one thing, but thriving during and after the healing journey is another. My guest today is Chuck Keels, who along with his late wife, Hannah, guide cancer patients to get up and live. Chuck, you're back. You were my first guest in season one, but we did a virtual. We were in a green room. Welcome to the new studio. Oh, you remember
1: we did the high five. We virtually. did do the high. Let's do it again. Let's do it right high here, five. right here. I'm actually in here with you, which is really, really cool right now. So, I love that you invited me back. I feel privileged. I just, I, I love spending this time with you.
0: I am glad that I got to meet you. I. Honestly, I don't even remember how we met, but we don't have to go there. What we are going to do is, because I am closing down my, or closing out season two. You were at the beginning of season one, so we're closing out season two here right around the corner. And we do have a special anniversary coming up um, that uh, is another reason why I wanted to have you in here. And you already know why, and we'll talk about that. But from the last time I talked to you to now, you have been a busy individual with your foundation because this all started with you having stage four prostate cancer. Yep. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and then we'll go into the foundation and how that came about. With I was
1: diagnosed right here in Gilbert, Arizona at Gilbert Mercy Hospital with stage four prostate cancer. Um, just one of those uh, guy things of putting things off. Uh, I'll be okay tomorrow. Sure. And by the time I got in there, I was falling apart. I was melting. I was losing weight. Um, my energy had dropped. And I was actually diagnosed uh, with stage four they say stage four when it gets out of the area where it started and starts running around your body. And it actually got in my bone marrow and my lymph nodes. And the doctor told me after the scans came back, I may have three more months to live. This is eight years ago. Um, I may have three more months to live because I had cancer in 90% of the bones in my body. Um. So all of this kind of started my huge change in my life from what I did then to what I do now. And um, the fact that I'm even here right now is one of those things that sometimes I just pinch myself. I'm like, H- what What just happened?
0: You and I know each other and our journeys and the people that we've met along our journeys. And we are one of those individuals you will not hear us say,
1: I can't. No. no. And
0: you're like, no, no, you no. get
1: up. Not not only will you not hear us say we can't, mm-hmm. we're the type of people that don't pay attention to the people around us that say you can't. Right. That's huge. I don't even hear that. That's huge. It's I, I, you know, everybody hears it. Yeah, and do. that's why I love talking about it. Um, now that uh, my journey has taken me into coaching people and helping people through their journey, um, a lot of people around them say they can't. And a lot of times they start buying that. And so that's a big no, no, you know, the ones that end up on the type of top of their mountain are the ones that just don't listen to everybody around them that say they can't and plus they're this like me and you, they're mm-hmm. just already, you know, on their way.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So now this will give us an opportunity for people to actually go back and watch season one, episode one with you in there virtually. And we unfortunately weren't able to see Hannah that day because she had had a treatment and yep. she was under the weather. Yep. So in your journey of recovery and uh, second chance at life, by the way, yep. Uh, you and Hannah, um, Founded an organization, but at that time she was going through her own journey because yeah. unfortunately she's no longer here. Yeah. But we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. So, you two founded an organization together based on both of your cancer journeys. So what is it?
1: Um, so, um, the, the foundation is actually called Living Hope Cancer Foundation. And um, it's a pretty easy concept on our part because um, I'm stage four. She was stage four breast cancer when I was introduced to her by my cousin. Um, Because a lot of people say, um, you know, your wife has cancer too. She had cancer when I met her. Mm. Um, So I was introduced to her as kind of more of a coach to her, um, fell in love, got married, started Living Hope Cancer Foundation, and it started on the premise of two stage four cancer people, you get your diagnosis, you get your medical plan, you go home, and you just start flipping out. Flipping out. And so we started looking for support, navigation, help, guidance. Mm -hmm. We couldn't find it, so we became it.
0: Ah, I love that yeah. when so you it can't it's it. like
1: we're gonna do this you know we're gonna help people and it just made sense and so that's what started the ball rolling and it turned into it turned into a nonprofit in uh, 2020 and nothing changed from what we were doing the two years before that it actually was a um, let's love on cancer people after their diagnosis and their freaking out uh, type foundation
0: well and then now you just talked about 2020 which I don't like going back there. Yeah. That was when a lot of people's lives changed, if not everybody's lives changed. Yeah. But that was the beginning of a new change for you and for Hannah with this organization yeah. in a time where people were very disconnected.
1: I mean, there's, there's, there's blessings in a lot of uh, hard things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about everybody sitting at home flipping on their computer because they can't go to work or they can't go to church or they can't go to the grocery store. Um, And all of a sudden our little uh, morning coffee chats that we were doing live on Mm -hmm. social media Mm -hmm. went from a few hundred people to 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 people watching us. Mm -hmm. We were grabbing each like, look at this, you know, Mm -hmm. we couldn't believe it. But what happened through that, that time period um, was um, people were looking for, Um, positive things. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that coaching somebody through cancer is very similar to coaching somebody through a COVID journey, the fear of the unknown.
0: Oh, that's anything.
1: That's not just COVID. The fear of the unknown. So
0: you've talked about coaching a couple different times. Be more specific on what coaching is when it comes to a cancer journey.
1: Well, I, I mean, I have to just come up and be upfront with people when I meet them. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't go to school to be a cancer coach. Um, Some people get a certification or a degree. Mine's called the School of Hard Knocks. Mm -hmm. I went through stage four cancer, survived it, um, God willing, and then said, What do I do with this? And when the people started pouring into me, I said, I went through chemo. I went through, you know, I went through hospital visits. I went through broken bones. I went through side effects from treatment. And so it was easy for me to coach people. Um, and you know, just um, my my goal for um, them was, could you take somebody diagnosed with cancer and put a smile on their face?
0: Oh, wow! And put a smile on their yeah, face,
1: yeah. and and it and it, and it and it and it happens a lot. You know why? Uh, I'll I tell you why. I'll tell you why. why. Tell me why.
0: Because it's now called the Me Too factor.
1: Oh, yeah. you too? <gasps> me too. Yeah, that's why. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. So it, it went, it went from uh, coaching um, and loving on people to authoring books about our journey through uh, cancer and hard things in life and how to end up with a smile on your face and hugging your wife at the end of the day. Um, people, we did speaking events and people were like, you guys are both stage four cancer and you're standing here smiling like that. I don't have your problems and I don't have the happiness and joy that you have, so it was it was very it was it was it was catching. It was catching.
0: Well, since then, and I believe in episode one we talked about this again. that's a little prompt. Go look at it. Uh, you and Hannah had done a RV trip across the uh, continent. Here,
1: yeah, it was it was uh, titled a. Um, Ride like a thriver. (laughs) So, a thriver just means you're still going through it, but Mm -hmm. you don't give a crap. You're gonna do whatever you're (laughs) you're gonna do whatever you want to do or whatever you you know. So, ride like a thriver became an event that we thought of because I started riding a road bike, a bicycle, and really fell in love with it um, after about a month and a half, and I. It wasn't killing me, and uh, what happened was um, we decided I'm going to ride from San Diego to St. Augustine, Florida, on a bicycle. And so we had it all mapped out and figured out. And so um, the ride, like the Thrive event, was a 3,000 mile bike ride that took us 75 days, two and a half months. And there was there was two purposes. The first purpose was to give people inspiration that you could do anything you want if you put your mind to it, even after stage four cancer. Yes, yes. Mine, I I, I considered after Mm -hmm. Hannah was still going through her treatment and Mm -hmm. was driving the RV Mm -hmm. behind me at 15 miles an hour for two and a half months. So um, the inspiration was there. And the other thing was, since we launched Living Hope Cancer Foundation, we thought we had something beautiful and amazing. But what good would that be if people didn't know about it? So we said, we need to get awareness. So that's what we did.
0: And you met people along the way. Okay, I wasn't stalking you because we're friends, but I was watching. It's okay, you can uh, stalk Okay, so I was stalking. But it was a good one. It was like, oh my gosh, that's great. And like, oh my gosh, wow, how are they doing this? And then all the people that were following you as well, stalking, whatever you want to call it, were coming out there and wanted to meet you guys as well, because they had the me too factor, or they just wanted to see how you were continuing to get up and go through, like you said, both of you guys. She was going through treatments, which... Brought her back here home a couple yeah. of different times while you were still on the road. Yeah,
1: she had to fly back to Phoenix and get a treatment and then fly back and meet up with me.
0: I remember that. She yeah. was so tired.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And but, you've
0: actually spoke um, since then on a few stages and some churches and such too. So you, it ha, it's not over. It just began.
1: No, I, I had a, a circuit this year I did in an RV. I drove my own RV this time, mm-hmm. bought a little RV. I caught my office on wheels. And, um, I did 26 speaking events all over the country. So the foundation is growing. The need for what we're doing is growing. And so therefore, um, the calls come in of a business or a church or a organization that has an inspirational breakfast. Um, would you like to come and do this? I would, I would love to. And, um, the thing is, I would just go and do it for free because I love to do it. And I love to share the story of what I've been through and what's happened. Um, and some of them, they pay me to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? It's so cool.
0: It's one of those things that, you know, you get paid to do what you love is what is being yeah. said. And yeah. this is a perfect example of it. Yeah. When you and Hannah started this, what was your vision then compared to where it is now?
1: Wow. I know, right? That's a great question because there's a lot of people, I'm getting a lot of calls where other people want to start a nonprofit. And, and I tell them, you know, this is what you're going to do is what we call the basics because we learned the hard way that it may not end up being exactly what you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So there's some growing pains and there's some Mm -hmm. changes and there's some God's orchestrating you to go this way type of stuff. Um, And we actually had to sit down uh, two years into our foundation and change the mission statement because it said all this stuff and really Um, all we, all, I shouldn't say all we were doing, but what we were doing was coaching positive mindset after a cancer journey, simplifying it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, what we started and what it is now, um, is completely night and day. And along with those growing pains are, um, of us, the way we were setting things up, um, website and, and everything, uh, had no idea what was getting ready to happen with our foundation and so now it's 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 working with people that know what they're doing Oh, you, you've done it this way. You've got to change that. And so we are going through the growing pains. And I'm not saying that's bad. If you start a foundation and that happens to you, Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, be prepared and and it will happen. But we started finding out what our true mission statement, what our true meaning and what our true purpose was supposed to be Mm -hmm. in this world was to love on cancer people after their diagnosis. And they're completely freaking out and in fear.
0: I think we just freak out in fear when, like you said a little while ago, when you just don't know what the future is going to be. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's a natural thing, but it is what we do. And then again, you find the blessings in the struggles.
1: I think that's kind of why the foundation's grown so fast because I say, I'm going to say cancer all day long because I'm yeah. a stage four survivor and I know cancer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what ended up is it ended up being a trauma foundation. Oh. Where do you go through... Covid, cancer, uh-huh. a stroke, uh-huh. um, losing a loved one—where uh-huh. do you go um, to find out what to do next in this crazy, little, beautiful, short life that we have here? Where do you go to do these things? And um, we we created a motto um, that Hannah actually said one day when we were sitting at our desks, and I couldn't stop saying it after that. Um, so much that we got it tattooed on our body. What's it say? Get up and live. That's you got get it. Up Every, right. Get up and live. Every get up and live through everything, get up and live physically, mentally, spiritually, get up and live and win that battle every day and see how beautiful this life can be.
0: You know, it's interesting where we are sitting physically and uh, figuratively there have been many times people reach out to me based on my journey of loss. And you had asked me at one time in the the years we've known, I don't know how you do it. And you even mentioned a little while ago about how you didn't know what you're gonna do with this organization, this foundation, how you were gonna touch people's lives. You just knew that this is what you're supposed to do. Most people would say finding purpose. And then you and I not too long ago talked about how I get up and I live with my loss because now you're coaching other individuals. But before we get there, Tell us a little bit about Hannah.
1: So um, it was interesting because my cousin introduces me to Hannah. um, And um, actually, when I I got her email that she wanted to catch up for coffee and talk about cancer and maybe writing a book and all the stuff she was thinking about, I actually got her email. It got misplaced um, 30 days after she sent it. So she probably thought, this guy's not going to call me at all. And I just didn't see it. So when I saw it, I was kind of mad at myself because anytime somebody mentions cancer around me, I'll 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 turn around and call right away. Mm -hmm. And so I sent an email back. I am so sorry I missed this. Let's catch up for coffee. And then I get an email back from her a couple hours later. That's going to be kind of tough because I'm in Holland. And I said, "What? Like Holland, Ohio? Holland, <laughs> Michigan?" She's like, "No, the Netherlands. I was born in Holland and was and was here until I was 6 years old and I have a ton of cousins here, a ton of family here. And so, um, I had to wait 3 weeks to actually meet her in person, but we did have a lot of conversations between that time. And um and and it was pretty amazing because um, we already had this cool chemistry, not thinking that it was going to be a relationship, but a really cool new friend. Right. And so when we met and we hung out, um, it was uh, it was it was the sparks flew, the needle in the haystack thing that you know you dream of your whole life. Um, and uh, I remember asking her out. She said something that I told a guy about it today, and he was like, "She said that." Um, I asked her out, and she said. Um, I really like spending time with you. You know, you're a fun guy. Um, this could get serious if we start dating, but you have to know something right now. And if you don't know this, it's not going to go any further. And I go, what's, what's that? Yeah. If it gets serious, you're number two in my life because Jesus is number one. <laughs> and I'm standing there looking at her and I'm like, where have you been my entire life, right? (laughs) And so uh, we dated, fell in love, got married. And because there were so many cancer people calling us and, and, and we saw what was going on, we decided to start a living hope cancer foundation together mm-hmm. and we started this foundation. Uh, we've been on local news, national news, the 700 club, Ted talk, you name it. I mean, we're, we're, we're getting calls from all over the place and I'm pinching myself cause I was a landscape designer, mm-hmm. you know? And so what, what happened over the last, um, the last three and a half years was an amazing, uh, cancer foundation that exploded underneath of us and we are just having a ball with it And we're doing speaking events all over the country we're traveling me people the first message i would get from my mom and my friends are where are you right now
0: well you know what you haven't done what haven't I done? and we have talked about this but we're going to make it you know witnesses for anyone that's watching and listening to this i am all about retreats oh yeah organizing retreats helping people heal oh, yeah that is what we need to come up with an idea on how to make that happen. We I gotta, might know okay, a couple gonna, of people.
1: I'm going to just be honest with you right now, Uh-oh. okay? Okay. And for you and anybody that's watching this, Hannah was the one that wanted to do a retreat. Yes. And I was like, no way. It that's is. huge. That's that's a lot of your energy, a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that, um, that started saying that her dream in life was to have a one or two or seven or eight mm-hmm. places around the country to have a cancer retreat. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And part of that reason mm-hmm. is because my, my goal and my job in life right now mm-hmm. is to make every dream. <laughs> I'm going get emotional.
0: It's okay. It's okay.
1: To make every dream that Hannah had come true. I think we can try and do that.
0: Most people don't know that Hannah passed away yeah. and you were her caregiver. In season one, when you were my first guest being here in the studio, do you want to share the journey that you had had in those days that were coming to her angel day?
1: Um, I could go all over the board on what it takes to be a caregiver mm-hmm. and how hard it is mm-hmm. and how you give up all the things that you love to mm-hmm. do for yourself, including my health, going to the gym and mm-hmm. things that I love to do. You give up everything for that person. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can go on and we could sit here and do five podcasts on, on how beautiful caregivers are in our lives and in our world. Um, and, um, but, um, I'll simplify it by just saying that, um, we were married. We walked down the aisle. We made a promise in front of God and our family that she was, we were in each other's life, no matter what good or bad, rich or poor. Right. And so it didn't matter if she was in a wheelchair Bedridden for two months, uh, through treatments, through broken bones, through surgeries—unbelievable journey with my beautiful wife. And my job um, was to make sure she was comfortable and had a smile on her face.
0: She always did too. And she always did. She did. Yeah, she did. Even in the transitions of the different things that she went through, she yeah. always did. Yeah. And um, so, your tagline is
1: "Get up and live." Uh huh. Get up and live.
0: And she was doing that as best as she could every single day or every time that I saw you posting stuff. And I have
1: to say, because of that smile she had on her face, I hope I had something to do with it. But it also was very inspiring to me. Somebody going through what she went through, you know, and dedicating her life. I, we were on the news here locally, and, and the the she wasn't on camera because of the same reason when we were talking before uh, she was in bed, you know, with a broken bones in after surgeries. And the, uh, the, the reporter said, um, in and the, they put video of her and things of her talking and stuff on there. But at the time they interviewed us, she was in bed and he said, she's in bed with cancer, coaching other people with oh, cancer. Wow. And she did that her entire life. She, I have video of her doing that up until almost the end of her life, coaching other people and praying with them and making them smile and laughing together and crying together. And that was just, that was Hannah. It was Hannah. That was Hannah.
0: Absolutely was yeah. Hannah. She, um, when I'd reached out to you trying to figure out how I was going to close this season out, I was like, I want to bring Chuck back. It would be ideal. And so thank you again for accepting. And then I thought about it and prayed about it last night. I had a hard time sleeping last night because she kept coming to my mind. Yeah. And now I know why. Oh. Uh, and when I had asked you, hey, would you mind doing this? I did not think about her angel anniversary coming up. Yeah. And it was just great divine timing.
1: Yeah, she joined Jesus uh, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks.
0: And um, she's actually still with us. You know that. Oh, yeah. I feel her every day. You already day. shared something with me.
1: I feel her every day. Of course. She... And when, when I knew I was coming in here, I'm a, I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. I love to give she gifts. Mm-hmm. We, we would buy stuff that we were going to sell for the foundation and end up giving it all away, and she'd be mad at me. <laughs> so um,
0: It's just stuff.
1: So I'm a giver, and so when I came to see you, um, I brought you a surprise. And there's an interesting thing in this um, stuff. Um, it's a get up and live um, coffee mug. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other stuff in here. Is that your guys' silhouette or is that just yeah, something? Yeah, that's me and Hannah jumping on the beach at that's our honeymoon. That's your silhouettes? Yeah. that our, our, Us jumping on the beach at our honeymoon became our company logo. I love it. That's us. I had no idea. Yeah, that's us right there. Oh, wow. And so what happened was... Um, I put some other fun stuff in here, and I'll let you unwrap it, and I'll tell you a little bit about it. Go ahead. Um, but um, I was <laughs> I was doing some laundry two days ago, mm-hmm. and I was just I, I always throw oh. stuff on my bed, and I watch a, a sports or something on TV, and um, I'm 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 doing my laundry and everything, and um, I don't know how it, where it came from, but one of Hannah's shirts fell out of my clean laundry onto the bed, and I looked at it, and I go where did that just come from yeah because it's been a
0: while since you had already given her stuff away i'm assuming I gave it
1: to her family and her sisters uh-huh. and everybody i gave it all away i wanted them to have it yeah and this shirt fell out and uh I I, I I i just it was just laying there and i was like i'm i'm gonna give it to i'm gonna give it to christine so that's hannah's shirt one of her favorites <laughs> and you got it now
0: Get up and live, baby. Get up and live. That's it, right get there. up
1: and live. That's what life is all about. That's what she taught me. Through hard stuff, through amazing stuff, the good and the bad, and then that's our little beanie that we um we sell them on our store, but we also give a lot away to people going through their cancer. And the get up and live uh, little leather patch I've designed and I love it, and it's got a little cross in the middle of it.
0: I've seen this on a couple of people that wear your hat. Yeah. And so I was like, I want one of those. Yeah. And, but I do the I'll do the beanie thing. But like yes. absolutely. Yes. I feel very,
1: ble- very, yeah. very privileged and blessed. And, and,
0: and perhaps this is why she was so heavy on my heart last night. Absol- uh, she was going to surprise
1: me. So this is interesting and I'll, I'll touch on it because most people will avoid it. Yes. I tell them, um, I seen a sign. I heard something from Hannah. I was, uh, Woke up in the morning and instead of jumping out of bed and making my coffee like I do, I was just having a heavy moment and I started praying and I felt her touch my hand. And I say this to people and, you know, there's a lot of people out there like, oh, that stuff don't happen. There's no, it happens. All the time. They're right there. She's all over everything I do. Um, You know, um. I had a trip to the Netherlands where she's from something we planned three times through our marriage. Uh, she wanted to show me Holland. She loved her, her heritage. She spoke fluent Dutch. She, uh, she, the way she dressed, I go to Holland and the second day I'm there, I go, I didn't know how Dutch Hannah was (laughs) because the way she dressed Uh and just how she cooked and Mm -hmm. the way she decorated the house and everything. I seen it all there and I realized um, she's very Dutch and um, the interesting thing about it was spending time with her family pouring into me and loving on me um, and taking me all over the place. Um, I was retracing Hannah's footsteps um, and I got to go to restaurants and to museums and to they have something called a Mullen. It's a windmill and there's windmills all over Holland. <laughs> and I got to tour through a windmill and the guy that gave the tour told me afterwards and he teared up. I met Hannah. She told me her story and what she was going through um, right around the same time that we met four years ago. Oh, wow. And he teared up and I gave him a hug. Oh. So she's I was everywhere. in Holland. So she's she's all over the world. She's she's guiding me through things. She laughs at me when I mess things up. You know, plane tickets and stuff, all the stuff that she didn't spoiled me. Um, I, I'm in an airport and they're like, You didn't you didn't you didn't schedule your bags to be to go with you. It's gonna be $180 for two bags. And I was like, what? hannah would kick my butt and i just see her laughing you know laughing because she had all the t's crossed and all the the eyes dotted and everything was so you know planned out and everything and so uh, but through her i'm going through the airport look at this i got checked in i'm on my way and i got you know uh, uh early or, or or easy uh through the line type of <laughs> things, I did this all, and she's laughing, and she's just guiding me through life. That so is too it's it's so hard to to uh, to lose your best friend in life, as you know, as you know, it's so hard to wake up that day and they're not there with you, and you're like, what do you do? And what you do is you get up and live, and you get up and live through. Uh, I would say probably no, no, probably definitely. The hardest challenge I've ever faced in my life was was continuing running the foundation, loving on cancer people, loving on her parents that have had a hard time. Her Everything kids. Her has kids. been so tough mm-hmm. this year. And uh, I, 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 I talk to her a lot, I pray a lot, and I just keep moving forward because... Um, If I passed away, I would want Hannah to have the most beautiful life, you know. And I think about that, and I know that Hannah would want me to have the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I press on. Press on. Yeah.
0: Get up and live. What what piece of um, advice or inspiration, rather, would you give someone who's on this journey that they wouldn't have to feel the heaviness or have a mask they think they need to wear?
1: So, um... Whatever journey you're on, and I pray that it's not cancer. It could be, it might be a lot of other things that cause trauma in our lives. Um, In that journey, people freeze up in fear. And what happens is I'm still coaching somebody who I've met five years ago. That is still living in fear and not living her life Mm -hmm. and how much fuller would her life have been the last five years Mm -hmm. of her not living in fear and shutting down and staying in bed and covering up her head with the covers and not going outside. And so what I hope that my message uh, puts out there is how beautiful and how important is the moment. How beautiful and how important is today? Exactly. And living in the moment, and living today, and 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 showing your, telling somebody you love them, your wife, your kids, your a coworker, you know something silly. But the thing is, I've done speaking events and people said, I've been working so hard at my business trying to put more more money in my bank account that I haven't seen my kids in the last three weeks. I'm going to go home and that's all going to change after listening to you. Mm -hmm. So I hope my message is for everybody to live in the moment. Don't pass up the chance to stop and smell a rose, watch a sunset, give somebody a hug, um, ask them how they're doing. Ask them for help if you're in a little troubled area, because a lot of times when people give service, it kind of lights them up too. Mm -hmm. Um, So living in the moment, living in today, um, getting up and living today and just loving, loving um, this beautiful life that we have and not letting it be a blur because we're working so hard and we're missing our kids' sporting events and violin recitals and things that vacations and things that you really, really should be doing in this life.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I want you to know that this episode has been dedicated in memory of our beautiful, beautiful Hannah. Thank you for being here and wrapping this up with me.
1: You're a good friend. Thank you.
0: And thank you, Hannah, from above. I had no idea I was going to be receiving this today, so I am so grateful for this. Let's say that.
1: Get up and live.
0: This inspiring story was brought to you by MMG, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler.